Welcome back, my Faithfully Led Tribe. It is I, your Faithfully Led host, Sean Romero, coming back with another outstanding episode. Uh, before, I had this person on, I had this guest on before, and we had an incredible, incredible time conversing. And we wanted to bring him back on the show because, you know, again, a lot of our lives are wrapped up in the coronavirus and how things are changing and things like that. And part of the mission of Faithfully Led is to give you encouragement and to give you hope and to give you that different perspective of prosperity. So that way, no matter what happens, you know that God is still on the throne and that you still have a purpose and you're still going to be able to get through everything. But before we bring them back on, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button, especially if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and leave a comment because it really does help out the ministry because you just never know who needs to hear this message. So today, we're bringing back our good friend, Steve Hinton. Now, as before, Steve is a pastor. Um, you can find him at kingdomology.com, and he's also the author of Confessions, Finding Hope Through One Pastor's Doubt. It's an incredible, incredible book. You guys really need to read it. Um, I'm going to have the link again in the show notes as before. So really, guys, this is an incredible book, especially if you're reading. So today, what we're going to be talking about again, we're going to be talking about fear. I'm going to be talking about you know, how you can, you know, the origins of fear and, and the damages of like wrong fear, things like that, and the victory and really how to get your mind right, especially through times of fear, because really, that's what it's all about. You know, the, the, the bad things that are happening really just creates a lot of fear, a lot of turmoil, a lot of uncertainty. So, you know, with that, Pastor Steve, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Sean, thank you very much. I, I'm doing well. Uh, it was fun to connect earlier today and to hear your story, uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods, uh, and then me down here in Houston, Texas, the northwest side of Texas. Uh, we've got some COVID cases down here uh, as well, uh, but we're spread out more, but it, it's fun to, to hear the story and, and praising God for your friends who, who actually got the disease uh, but came out of it and um, you know, I'm really excited to be here. I love what you're doing, uh, Sean. Um, it's just fun to, to see your presence growing and the people that you're encouraging. And hey, man, just thanks for, for letting me letting me join you today. Yeah, amen, amen. Thank you again. I really appreciate all the support, man. So hey, so on a side note, so I know uh, you guys were going to have uh, six blue airplanes fly over Houston certain uh, at a certain time, you know, for, uh, you know, Keeping America strong, yes, that is our U.S. Navy Blue Angels, as we know that the U.S. Navy Blue Angels and Thunderbirds have been doing a lot of flyovers of American cities, um, which are fantastic. And I'm such a huge air show buff because everybody knows I'm the F-16 guy. That's right. I'm the F-16 guy. But, um, you know, I do love the Blue Angels also. I've got to work alongside those guys. Those guys are an incredible, incredible group. And so, uh, you know, I know that they're flying by. Did, they, did you get to see them? Or well, that, that's funny because I was talking to one of my older friends on – Monday, and he mentioned that they're doing a fly over Houston today, but they're doing a bigger one tomorrow. That's not only the the Blue Angels, but the uh, uh, the old Southwest Air Force, which is a whole slew of World War II planes, a couple of bombers, a lot of 
yeah, that, that, that that's cool. I'm glad you reminded me. <laughs> if nothing else, if nothing else, uh, today I've been reminded to get out there and look at the sky tomorrow because that's yes, that, I that's mean, it's something exciting. to be blessed about, man. That's something that should put a smile on everyone's <laughs> face to see those that beautiful blue F-18 Hornets. And uh, I was just online yesterday. I saw the the pictures of the brand new. Well, they're not so brand new, but they're new. Uh, F-18 Super Hornets that they're going to be transitioning to next season. So uh, very, very beautiful, beautiful airplanes. So uh, and uh, just another sidebar, one of the airplanes that they actually saw was in the movie, the upcoming movie Top Gun Maverick. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> you know, so, that, yeah. That, that, that is so funny because I was, uh, what, what, you know, what, I was eighth, ninth grade. <laughs> when the original Top Gun came came out, and my kids were like, "What's this?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm." <laughs> yeah, so so the new Top Gun movie, Top Gun Maverick, is supposed to come out in December, um, and uh, the one of the jets, actually two of the jets that were in the movie um, that were used during the filming, are actually becoming uh, Blue Angels. So wow, that's neat. That's right now, in transition, and the the picture of uh, the one that came out with the with the colors that it's actually gone through all the, the transitioning. Well, most of it, uh, you know, they gave pictures of it and it, it looks wonderful. So enjoy the show tomorrow. Believe me, I'm, I, I wish I could be there to see all that stuff. I'm a huge aviation buff. So uh, I, that's, that's wonderful. So th those guys flew, flew up and down the coast here uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, about a week and a half ago. And uh, you know, it was wonderful. So, so that's neat. That's enjoy neat. It. Yeah. Enjoy it. So, you know, let's get in today. So I know that a lot of, you know, what's going on, like I discussed, was, you know, a lot about fear. And a lot of everybody is fearful of what's going on. You know, we hear on the news, you know, we have states trying to reopen and they're saying, hey, you know, if we reopen too early, this is going to happen. Or if we, we don't wait to reopen, this is going to happen. And it's really surrounded by fear. But let's kind of really dig into it because no matter what you do, it really comes down to semantics on who you think is right or who you think is wrong. But let's break down the core of it, which is fear. Mm -hmm. That's really breeding heavily. And that's causing a lot of people to, you know, either wanting to stay in their homes is going to change. I mean, after coronavirus, our lives are going to be changed forever. You know, yeah. however which way you want to look at it. But you know, some people are going to be basing a lot of decisions on this. And so, so let's break it down, like the origin of fear. I mean, I, I know you did a, did a, um, you know, a whole sermon on this. So, you know, what, let's talk about that, the origin of fear. I think you're right, Sean. That's, that's really where you've got to, to begin to understand that. Um, and, and I don't think it's wrong to even say it's a theological question. Um, if we are merely the byproducts of chance evolution, it really is survival of the fittest, and let's just be honest about it. Um, but if, if there is a, a divine connection to this, then we can look at it differently. Uh, because people look at it, look at it wrong, look at it from a humanistic standpoint, it just breeds and it controls and it, it, it gets out of control and people can even make the situation or a situation even worse than what it really is. And even beyond the, the actual COVID, I mean, there are people who are driven by fear. They're, they're, 
people get into relationships, get out of relationships, stay in relationships. They take a job, don't take a job, move, don't move, boundaries, no boundaries, uh, because of because of fear. And, and and you're right. Where does that come from? And it, it's funny, you know. You're a dad. I'm a dad. Uh, it, it's funny to watch little tiny kids. You know, they're not afraid of anything. You know, they they. They'll the, 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 the run around naked, you know, and it's like the mom, hey, come back here. And, you know, they're, they're, they'll go into the street, they'll do this, they'll do that. You know, the, so you've got a human being that's not afraid. And, and I, re, I don't know where I re, read this the first time, Sean, um, but a lot of pediatricians would talk about the fact that, that babies aren't born with fear. They, they um, you know, they're, they're afraid of the dark and like loud noises, and, and, and that's it, which, which tells us fear is something that we gain. It's either it's taught to us by adults, you need to be afraid of this, right. or it's learned by experience. Wow, that hurt. I don't want to do that anymore. And what else hurts? Um, so, so, so I really think it, it, it's something that we encounter. Um, and the, the, maybe to summarize it pretty quickly, there, there's this really interesting exchange between Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3. The very last verse of Genesis chapter 2 says, the man and the woman were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, shame is not the word fear, but, you know, shame and fear, they're kind of in the same family. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you had Adam and Eve, and they're living in an existence with no shame, no fear. And then something happens in the relationship they have with God, in the relationship they have with each other in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, where God shows up and Adam says, uh, we were hiding in the garden because we were afraid. And that's the very first time that we see fear in the Bible. So there's, there's a disconnect from God, which brings fear of God, a wrong kind of fear of God. He's going to stomp me because I'm ashamed, because I am, not, not just that I've done bad, but I am bad. Right. And then there's fear between Adam and Eve that they start blaming each other for, you know, all the problems they're in. Um, so, so that's, I mean, if you're going to say, you know, man, where did this come from? That seems to be it right there. This, this brokenness deep within our hearts. Yeah. And you see a, a huge disconnect, especially, you know, with, with our leaders and, and how they are really, you know, the, the bickering that comes back and forth of what you see is real, what isn't, you know, and the numbers and, and it really instills that. And there's a lot of, you don't hear a lot of, you know, Hey, we really need to pray. We really need to, you know, trust in God that we know we're going to get through this. You know, I, I was reading something, you know, yesterday that, you know, our leaders back, you know, even during World War II, they would always run back and say, you know, God is going to protect us. God is on our side, you know, and, and really instill that, you know, even when I was a kid, I remember when, uh, you know, the, the, the Challenger explosion happened. Yeah. And, you know, for a while, you know, we're, you know, having, you know, the, you know, moments of silence and things like that. But I remember President Reagan talking about, you know, God and instilling God, how, you know, 
and, and we don't really hear that. So today we, we're there's that disconnect here. You know, even I've, I think New York Mayor, you know, Mario Cuomo was like saying, no, I did this. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. God. It was me, you know. And so so we have that disconnect. And I think that's that right there creates even more fear, you know, because it creates a more of an unknown, you know. So and, and what do you what do you say? Like, you know, and, you know, going to go into the next point, like the damage of like wrong fear. You know, what, what would, what would that be? What kind of damage would happen if we had a, like a, a wrong type of fear? Um, I think you're on a number of counts. It, it's interesting when we connected this past week and, and, and Sean, I, I've really tried to stay away from giving any political commentary, but the, the, the Harris County judge in Houston is in Harris County, Texas, which is like the third largest County in the, in the U S by population. And, and she was making some statements, and I thought it's it just what she's asking just isn't logical, right. yet it's driven by fear. And I thought exactly what you've been saying, where, where are the voices of courage? Um, you know, even, even not even entering into the divine equation, I'm thinking of guys like Winston Churchill. Yeah. You know, the, you know they, they said, you know, Churchill said, it's going to be bad, there's going to be blood, but we're going to be victorious. And we're just not hearing victorious. Um, and, and, and that, that propagates fear. And, um, I, I think when we're driven by fear, uh, we panic, um, you know, a wrong fear. In, in other words, maybe, I, I guess, let me step back a little bit. There, there's a reverent fear of God. Um, you know, if you go to the Bible, you know, there are a number of occasions, of, for example, in the Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There, there's reverence. And when we don't have that reverence, that allows us to be afraid of everything else in the world. But, but yeah, I, I kind of like the Harris County judge. If, if you've got irrational fear, then you mandate people to do things they just can't do. Um, we become enslaved. Uh, you know, there you know, there are a lot of times, uh, you know, I t- a lot of times I talk to, to women who are in really crummy relationships. They're, they're, they're going out with jerks. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Well, there, there's a fear. I, I, can't, I can't find anybody better. Uh, you know, right. it, 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 it leads into to boundaries that are not being crossed. Um, fear spreads. Uh, you know, another biblical illustration would be a Numbers chapter 13 and 14. Uh, Moses has led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. They're on the border of the promised land. Uh, Twelve spies go over into the promised land. They come back. Joshua and Caleb said, this is great. We can do it. Ten of the spies said, no, we can't do it. They are too big. It's too strong. Well, that spread among the people. And then the people started to rebel and say, hey, let's stone Moses and go back to Egypt. And God came down and said, well, if you don't want to go in, fine, you're not. You know, they, they, right, they, were, right. they were in the desert for 40 years. Um, it, it causes us to miss out from what God has for us. Um, another Old Testament story, uh, Judges chapter 7, um, Gideon's going to lead this battle, and, uh, and, and he makes the proclamation. You know, like there's like 20,000 soldiers, and he says, okay, whoever's afraid, you can go home. And the, the vast majority of them leave. And, you know, I, I read that and I can't help but think, what were those, what were those guys saying like a month later? Man, there was that great battle. 
I could have been there, but I wasn't. Why? Well, I was, I, you know, I was afraid. Um, uh, you know, we can get ahead of God, you know, and, and um, you know, you know, that th that's why there's a lot of, you know, sexual promiscuity be before marriage, because I'm afraid I can't wait. Um, yeah. And, and just, mm -hmm. you know, people get into debt. You know, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. So I'm going to charge. And, you know, they have thousands of thousands of dollars. And, you know, this wrong panic and fear of the world can just destroy us. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Uh, you know, it really comes down to, you You know, we were talking earlier, you know, about agendas. And, you know, everyone has an agenda. Uh, no matter however you want to look at it, you know, this is the easiest way I can describe it. Everyone has an agenda. And whether it's what separates everything apart is if your agenda I mean, you could do good things during your agenda and, and you could do things for the right reasons, but what, what sets apart an agenda that creates is not out of fear and out of trust is that if your agenda is based on not only love, but something that has been placed in your heart and you're doing it out of love, not, yeah. not for it to be reciprocated in any other way, whether it's monetary or whatever, you know, and that's, I see why a lot of people are so skeptical about a lot of other people because, you know, you're always questioning their motives and, you know, their I motives could be, you know, their motives could be just about, Hey, I want to do good for people because I want to be recognized as that good person, you know, and, and that's okay because that's, you know, it's good to want to do something right. But your motive, your agenda mm -hmm. is based on that, and your agenda then is not God's agenda. And we should focus on what God's agenda is because if we're doing – and we're, that's what we're called to do. We're called to live in God's purpose, not in the world. Yeah. And if we're living in the world, we're living by our own agenda, what we see, and that's based all on fear. But if we're living in God's agenda, God's like, listen, man, I'll give you whatever you want. You know, I'll bless you with all, this, all the stuff that you want in the world. It's not a problem. You know, I've created everything. It's all good. You know, I, I, but you got to do it my agenda. You got to, it's got to be my way. And a lot of people fear that. And if you look in the Bible too, you know, where Moses was leading up, he was angry. He was an angry dude. You yeah, know? yeah. And then there were several times where he was like so upset. And even when, you know, he, when God told him, said, hey, strike that rock. And he's like, oh, man, you know, really? All right. You know, fine. You know what? Fine. Fine. I'll do it. And then God's like, all right, man, since, you know, you just want to be a jerk. Well, you know, I was going to give you all this, but since you want to do it your way and not mine, well, you know, this is what's going to happen. You're not going in there with everybody else. You're just going to yeah. be, out here, you know, so it's, we gotta, we gotta really focus on that is what I see and, and create our priorities and our agenda has to be God's agenda, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, and that's, and that kind of goes into, you know, how do we reprogram our thinking? You know, and, and what do you, what do you think about that? Because I know with damages, you know, with the wrong fear, which would be, you know, dealing with the agenda, but you know, cause it, it spreads, you know, we, we definitely get ahead of God. You know, we, you know, we definitely have that, that FOMO fear of missing out, you know, we're like, you know, kind of like what you said, you know, why there's so much sexual promiscuity because you feel like you're missing out, you know, what, what are you going to do? You're missing out on this. You know, you hear mm -hmm. everybody else, you know, and you just want to do it, but you know, how do we reprogram our thinking? You know, how do we biblically reprogram our thinking to really, you know, because we're going to have our moments, we're going to have our moments of weakness, 
We're going to have our moments of strife. We're going to have our moments where our doubt and, and, you know, and I'm here to tell you that it's okay, but we also have to have that focus to regain our situational awareness on God. And yeah. how do we do that? Well, it, it um, and, and I don't want to be simplistic with this, Sean. In one sense, it is simple, but it doesn't start with the new self-help program. It, it really starts with this personal relationship with Jesus Christ where he said, yeah. you must be born again. You know, coming into Christ, you, you receive a new ide- identity. You know, we still have to deal with baggage. We still have to deal with wounds. We still have to deal with things in this realm. But it gives us a fresh spiritual heart, a spiritual start. Uh, and then it's a transformative process. And I, I love the way you put it, uh, which is exactly the way Paul talked about it in Romans chapter 12. Uh, verses one and two, where he talked about not being conformed to this world, uh, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is this this spiritual discipline of regularly going into the scripture and rethinking, I, I guess maybe that's it, rethinking our thinking. You know, how do we look at the world? What, what you know, who are we? Um, it, it, what is eternity like? Um, you know, th- this is going to sound morbid, but the bottom line is we're all going to die anyway. Um, and, and, and I don't mean it to be, you know, depressing and somber, but this reality check of uh, what well, he, Hebrew says, it's appointed, the, and this is the old King James, it's appointed to the man wants to die. And then the judgment and, and all that to say is, whether it's whether it's COVID or whether it's a car accident or whether it's you know just anything, we are eternal beings, and, and this realm is not all of it, um, and, and, and therefore we're responsible to do what we can in this existence. But but I guess I guess the point being all that there, Sean, not fearing death itself. Um, and we would program our thinking by, by, you know, being in the word of God on, on a regular day basis. Um, I think we would program our thinking by, you know, who are we with? You know, if we're always hanging out with people who are fearful, you know, unless we're trying to encourage them, but, you know, that, that, that fear breeds. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that we're to encourage one another daily. So are, are we being with people that are encouraging us in, in that we can encourage them? Um, and then maybe, you know, what are, we, what are we going to do? You know, we can all choose to do something good. Um, Paul talks about that in, in Romans chapter 12. Um, instead of being overcome by evil, overcome evil with good. You know, what are we, what are we choosing to do? And, and, and maybe, Sean, Maybe it's just a process, um, like anything else. You know, I, I know that, you know, learning your craft, you know, everything you know today, you didn't know the first day that you, you showed up at, at your, you know, your MOS, um, you know, training. No, actually um, not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. And it's, and it's funny. It's, it's, I have a kind of funny story real quick. Uh, you know, as I went to tech school for F-16 training, you know, to maintain it. Um, one of my favorite favorite movies of all time was Iron Eagle. And if anybody ever knows, like if you're an 80s kid or 80 movie buff, you know Iron <laughs> Eagle. 
Okay. So I remember we're in training and it was it, for the one day that it actually snowed, it actually snowed in, uh, in Wichita Falls, Texas at Shepard Air Force Base. And so there was like six inches of snow. The whole base shut down. Everybody was crazy. So we decided to watch Iron Eagle. So there's a bunch of us F-16 crew chiefs. Now that we really know what the jet is and how to really understand. And we're like, wait, wait, wait. That, that, that just totally ruined it. You know, I totally ruined the movie, you know, because now I know the real stuff. And I know that's not true. Yeah, yeah. And it just broken down. But, you know, in, in light of everything, in light of, in, in retrospect, yeah, you know, you learn more and that's the whole part of growing. And that's really, I think that, you know, and, and, and stop me if I'm wrong. I believe that part of having to overcome fear is growing and yeah. understand to grow. If, and if you're, and if you're fearful of growing, then you, you really just going to put yourself in this rigid point and you don't, and you're going to break. And it's, and it, that's not life. You know, you have to be able to adapt to everything. And if you're not able to adapt to it, then you're going to fear everything. And you're just going to place your stake in one spot every single time. And it's going to break every single time. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but uh, you know, that, that's, you know, that's what I've learned throughout the years. I, I like that, and, and I really like the illustration. I actually know Wichita Falls is because I grew up in Amarillo, Texas, okay, uh, yeah. north of there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, you knew the, the real deal, the real engine so well. You can spark, you know, you can spot the phony. Um, you, know, it's, you know, like bank tellers. They, they don't spend times, tons of time studying phony currency. They know the real currency so well that when something fake, passes them they're like hey something's wrong with that right and the more we press into god you know a right fear where we reverence god the more we grow in that the more we're able to spot things in the world you know oh i'm afraid of this okay but well, let's stop and, and why are you afraid what's going on and is is that real what you're saying is that real um sean thanks for mentioning my mentioning my book earlier confessions because I've got a chapter in, in there called who said that and it's really stepping back and then saying, okay, what are the voices that I'm listening to? Right. You know, are, 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 you know, Oh, we need to be afraid of this. Uh, do we, you know, you know, why, what? And yeah. So. And a lot of times we, we listen to, you know, again, we will listen to experts, you know, and, everyone can be an expert and it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with being an expert. And I, I believe that we, obviously we need experts who's going to study one yeah. specific thing and, and we learn the most from them, you know, but then there's, you know, when we throw that term around a lot, we just kind of sit there and go, all right, well, are you really an expert? Do I really have to listen to this? And is this really, where is it, where is this really coming from? And then I think that breeds a lot of fear also, you know, when people start spouting out, so-called facts from a position mm -hmm. just because you're in a position doesn't mean that it may be factual or that it, you're an expert in that field you know and i think that's where all the growth comes in and as a leader we have to understand and be humble enough to understand that we're always growing and and it goes back to you know my statement before is that you put that stake in the ground and you're like, yep, that's it. You know, this is where it is. And, and, and that's where, you know, and, and that's, that's really not, that's really breeds more fear. It breeds more fear because then you see that break and you're like, Oh my gosh, that was supposed to be strong. It wasn't supposed to go anywhere, you know, but 
hey man, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. It, it, you, if you're putting it in there, you're not being adaptable, you're not flexible, you're gonna breed that. You're gonna breed that fear. You know, it's gonna breed that, you know. Yeah, and I think there's probably, can you, you, meant, you were talking earlier about, about agendas and, you know, you know in, in, in this whole discussion, I don't want people to think that I'm coming across and saying, oh, COVID's not, a, you know, hey, it's no big deal. Well, no, I, I, no, not at all. You know, yeah. I, again, yeah, guys, remember, we're, we're not trying to dismiss anything and we're not trying to be political. This is really about fear and really how to get over your fear and, and really how to recognize it. Because if you don't recognize it and understand it, then it's going to, it's just going to overwhelm you and it's going to create this. And, and we're not in any way, shape or form trying to minimize um, the effects of people who have been directly affected. You know, uh, I, I was talking with Steve earlier about, you know, my personal, uh, you know, friends that I, that have, you know, were infected and, and thankfully that they've, you know, came out on top and they didn't have to be hospitalized. But I do know of people that who have lost loved ones. Right. So, you know, so this is not to minimize this at all, but it's just to create, to understand that even though through those bad times, we have to recognize these, these things of fear and and how to overcome them so yeah so so go ahead i'm, I'm sorry well, I, I and i th i think that's that that's that's accurate you know what you know another thing is how do we overcome it is just asking what are we looking at um uh, and, and and this you're you're right we're not just talking about covid we're talking about any kind of fear but what are we looking at and, and what is the agenda uh is the agenda just okay these are the people who had covid and they died we don't know why they died, but they did have COVID. And, and these are, you know, the only thing we're looking at is the negative. Or are we looking at, hey, I've got this buddy named Sean. Uh, he's over on the East Coast. He's got these friends. They got it. And, you know, they got through it. You know, are, what, what are we looking at? That's one of the ways that we could, you know, reprogramming. What are we looking at? Um, and then maybe, I mean, I, I know you're, you and your friends are rejoicing. Um, Part of the Christian walk is, is stepping back and, and identifying what God has done and, and thanking him for what he's already done in the past. Um, you know, Philippians uh, 4, 6 through 8 talks about, you know, not being anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. But then he also talks about whatever is noble, whatever is true, think about these sort of things. So, whether it's the COVID or whether it's politics or whether it's, um, you know, hey, you know, are the Dallas Cowboys actually going to win a Super Bowl again? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever it might be, what what are we thinking about and 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 trying to to get a grab handle on that? What are we allowing ourselves to think about? Right, absolutely, and good luck with the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Giants fan here, so good luck with those. Cowboys. All right, but uh, <laughs> so you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're always resolving to to do good, and and I, I truly do believe that, you know, everyone has good in them, and everyone really truly wants to be good, and everyone wants to do the right thing. You know, it's just sometimes those agendas get caught up and create that fear and that fear tends to lead to bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, but once we understand and we understand, you know, as again, we we're talking about this earlier, you know, as believers, we understand. And and again, a disclaimer here, we're not 
we're not perfect and we're not, you know, we're just as susceptible as anyone else, but we believe that we're going to be victorious no matter what. Yeah. Because Jesus died on the cross for us. He died for our sins. And, and we believe that to be fact and true. And we, we take it in our faith. So how do, how do people who still do believe, but are overcome with this fear and they hear this all the time. We, we hear it all the time. And we, we really put it out there. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died for our sins. But then it becomes just like anything else. People just tend to say, okay, it's a statement. But in fact, in reality, it's not just a statement. It's, it's an actual, it, it actually happened. Mm-hmm. This, this is, a, this is a, an actuality. This is a, a moment in time, a historical moment. But this is more than that. This is how we are saved and we believe in this how do we get the people who are starting to understand who are starting to roll back and say did this really happen because they're so worried about the fear and not focusing on god how do we get them to focus on that not being just a statement rather than the foundation of their life man that's a good question sean it um I like what you said there, the foundation, and, and not just the fact that he, that he died for, my, for our sins. So we can know, we can know our debt has been paid, but that he rose again. And, and, and you know, what is the greatest fear anyway? I'm going to die. Um, you know, you look at people who are, they, they say, I'm not afraid of anything, but, you know, they're afraid about taking off their mask. But then what are they really afraid of or what are they really thinking when they're just about to cross over the river into eternity? Um, and and there, Jesus met that and he rose again on the third day. So the greatest fear possible Jesus met and, and came out of. And I, I think part of the connection, Sean, is, is the local church. Uh, being with a body of believers um, you know, I mentioned it earlier, you know, once we, once we are born again, we still have baggage to deal with. You know, one reason someone might be plagued with fear is because they were raised by a parent that was constantly putting fear into their lives. And they need an older brother and sister in Christ to, to help them, you know, point that out, you know, you know, call them to own it. Okay, you know, stop. Why are you afraid? Think through that and, and think about who you are. Think about what everything's based on and, and and we just need to be coached through that and and that's why I always encourage people not not you know number one you need to know that Jesus loves you and have a relationship with him but number two you need to get plugged in with the local church and and uh, you're a guy you need to get plugged in with some some mentors who who know Jesus and love you you're a lady you need to get plugged in with some older women who love Jesus and love you because they will help you uh, just, just be honest and, 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 and name it. You know, that's a fear. This is why that's a fear, but this is the truth and, and keep pointing people to the truth. And man, I love the way you keep pointing people toward the truth in your podcast. I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, like I said, man, I, I just trying to keep that focus on God because this is, you know, everything that I've been through in my life. And, and, you know, I, I think about, you know, the, the trials and tribulations, just even just the past two years, um, you know, and I see where I failed horrendously and uh, continue to, to make mistakes mm-hmm. and stuff. But 
I, when I look back and, and debrief myself and I see what my accomplishments and whether they were short-lived or the continuing, um, they all had the same thing in common was that I put God's agenda first mm. and, and I put my faith in him. And that's when I saw my exponential growth. Mm-hmm. And, it, and when that growth stopped, I looked back and I saw the commonality was I allowed my own fear to take a hold of me Mm. and create the agenda of what I thought I needed Mm. and how I thought I had to change the situation rather than allowing God and putting my trust in him, allowing him to tell me and direct my steps on how to change the situation. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess maybe the, the illustration because you've got you you've got to your two daughters and your son. I've got four kids, and you know when the kids are little, um, and, and and you know it's it. Jesus said, "Unless you change and become like a little child, you'll never enter the kingdom of God." And maybe this is an illustration that when a little kid starts to experience fear, they look up to their parent. How is their parent responding? And, and that helps them walk through it. And, and if we could just do that, man, if I could just do that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Keep, absolutely. keep looking up to God. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And just be, be like a kid, man. Cause they, they just, it's, they're always happy. You know, kids are always happy, you know, and <laughs> no matter what, you know, they, they're, they're always happy. I mean, you sent me this quote. So as we close out, you know, I just want to read this quote cause it's this is so it was, this is awesome. All right. It was Stonewall Jackson. It was great. So I'm going to read it out to you guys. So it said, you know, this Captain Smith talking to Stonewall Jackson said, General, how is it that you can keep so serene with a storm of shells and bullets raining about your head? And he said, uh, Captain Smith, my religious belief teaches me, uh, teaches me to feel as safe in battle as in bed. God has fixed the same, God has fixed the time for my death. I do not concern myself about that but to be always ready, no matter when it may overtake me, that it, that is the way all men should live. Then all men would be equally brave. I love that, that John. Is, absolutely. That is just, it's incredible because it's the truth. You know, when we sit and, and when, when I was reading that, I was thinking about, you know, again, this is the airplane guy in me. Uh, so, um, you know, and if you guys ever, this is a, and I'm a big movie buff too. So if you ever, ever, get a chance to watch the movie bridge of lies uh bridge of spies that's with um yes uh, yeah with um tom hanks Mm -hmm. awesome awesome movie bridge of spies you have to have to check this out so it goes about and it talks about the um in 1960s the shoot down the u2 spy plane and um you know how we you know it goes about how we got get our got our guy back and all this other stuff but when you think about it, here's, here's a pilot. And if you don't know what the U-2 is, the U-2 spy plane was developed in the back in the early 50s, mid-50s. And it has a single engine, and it's designed as a spy plane. It's designed as literally almost kind of like a glider, but it's up at like 70,000 feet in the air. And it, it, it's in what's called a coffin corner, basically. They call it the coffin corner because if it goes too a little bit too fast by like two or three knots, which is like a mile an hour or two, it, it'll overspeed. And then the wings will fall off. But if it goes a little bit like two or three miles an hour slower, it'll literally fall out of the sky. So, you know, it's in that little corner. But, you know, it it talks about that. And and the pilot, uh, of you know, of the aircraft, 
he went through so many things. He got shot down. He survived. He, you know, he was in combat. This guy was incredible. And he ended up dying in a helicopter crash. I read that. A television reporter. He wasn't a television reporter. He was, he worked for the, um, for the news and he was a helicopter pilot for the news and he crashed in there and he went through all these things. Now, imagine you're 70,000 feet in the air you get <laughs> down and you're like, all right, man, you, dude, you're toast, right? You think you toast. No, he went through all these things. So, you know, go ahead and, and, and watch that movie. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to give up the rest, but those are the things that we have to realize that, you know, when it's our time, it really is our time. And, um, you know, Francis Gary Powers, I was trying to remember that Francis Gary Powers, that was a pilot's name. And um, we, we have to uh, re realize that when it's our time, it's God set our time. So every morning, wake up, be blessed and understand that we still have a purpose. No matter what that purpose may be and whatever purpose you think you may have, ask God first to let you know what that purpose is mm. and, um, and, and fulfill that purpose. Because I, I, I said it before and I say it again, if you live your life without living your purpose, but, or you're keeping your purpose from someone else, that is probably one of the most selfish acts you can do as a human being, because people need to learn from you. People need to hear your story. No matter what story it is, people need to hear it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I That's love it, Sean. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, Steve, Pastor Steve, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure. It's always fun to have these conversations with you. And again, guys, pick up his book, Confessions, Finding Hope Through One Pastor's Doubt. And, uh, you can, and all the links are going to be there. All the links to, to Pastor Steve to go out and check him out and contact him. And especially if you're in the Houston area, go check out. I just got the, the message. The Blue Angels are back in the deck on uh, back in Pensacola. So if you didn't see them today, I'm pretty sure you'll see it on the news. But, um, you know, tomorrow, go ahead and check them out. Check out the, uh, the flybys and stuff like that. Enjoy that. Uh, but, uh, again, Pastor Steve, thank you so much, man. God, John, thank you, man. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, guys, just like every other time, be blessed. But most importantly, be that blessing. Until next time. I'm not going to